Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, where it's all about helping you navigate to a better financial future. Your hosts, Jeff Green and Lauren Smith, explore topics that cover your finances, retirement, legacy, and how to live your life to the fullest. Whether you are an oil and gas professional or someone who has built an executive career in another industry, come join Jeff and Lauren in the Green Zone. Your financial advisor is someone you hopefully trust and who hopefully has your best interests front and center. Jeff Green and Lauren Smith want you to find the best advisor for you, and they are here to highlight some of the mistakes people make when searching for their financial guide. Jeff, Lauren? You know, Lauren, a lot of people make mistakes hiring financial advisors. I agree. You know what the first mistake they make is? They don't hire us. They don't hire us. I that's love that's that mistake one. number one. I know. It's so true. And a lot of people make that mistake. So we got to let everyone out there know if you've made that mistake, we can help you fix it. We can it. help you fix that mistake. No, seriously. Uh, we wanted to take this day today to talk a little bit about some of the common mistakes that people make when hiring a financial advisor because it can be confusing. I remember that piece we used to have. Um, what was it? It was like, uh, the frequently asked questions. Yeah. Like the, we had like 50 questions. I don't know what it was. Yeah. We had like a lot of questions to ask financial advisors. We need to update that piece. Again. Yeah. I mean, that was good. That was a really good piece. People appreciated that because people do people like some of our clients have worked for 30, 35 years in their job and never had a financial advisor. Well, it's at a certain point in life, you might not feel like you need one. I think you always need one, but I, I can it. see why. I know. get it. But, but you're talking about, you know, 55 to 65 year old people who have gone through, they've, and I've, they've amassed a huge amount of wealth, right? In their 401k plans and, and never had a financial advisor. Now they're going to take possession, kind of, so to speak, of this wealth that, ha that they have to use to produce the cash flow to last them the rest of their lives. And they realize now, oh my God, I really need a financial advisor now, right? And so, well, you know, just of course, the, the typical mistakes that people make. So there's a, there, the first thing I want to talk about, there's a little confusion out there, I think, between advisors talking about being fee-based or fee-only, right? So fee-based means that you are still with a broker or dealer. You can still charge commissions. You may, the majority of your business may be for a fee, but you can still charge commissions, right? So you, so you are associated with a broker dealer, FINRA for, you know, right. Uh, is the, is a, uh, overriding, uh, regulatory body. Yeah. Uh, fee only means that you are, uh, you know, a, a full-time fiduciary versus kind of a part-time fiduciary, so to speak on the, the fee base. So in a fee only environment, there are absolutely zero commissions that can or will be charged. Right. So, so understand that when you're, when, if somebody's talking about being fee based versus fee only understand that difference, it's, it's kind of minor, but it can have a big impact. I think, you know, maybe at some point. So number two mistake, I think is, you know, assuming all financial planners have a degree or financial advisors have a college degree. Yeah. You know, there's no requirement to have a degree coming in this industry. Did you know there's over 300,000 financial advisors in the U.S. and not all of them have a degree? Well, how many? I don't know. That's <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> well, we know not. I mean, obviously, there's nobody checking degrees to see if you have here, right? So the only thing that you really need is a pulse and, you know, a, a the, to pass the Series 7, Series 66 exams, right? So that's you have to get licensed 
to come into this industry. And, um, you know, that, that's really about it. There's no real, there's no real other requirements that, that, that bring people into this industry. I, I mean, when I came, I mean, I've been in this business for, I don't even know how long now. Oh, 30 years, 20, somewhere between 25 and 30. I came in in 97. Uh, no, wait, was it 98? I don't know. It was a long time. 30 years. Wow. It was a long time ago. Anyway, one of the things that I think could help distinguish that, and I used to, you know, I I make fun of this sometimes, but the CFP, I used to call it, you know, alphabet soup at the end of your name, but a certified financial planner. um, I think that adds a lot of credibility to someone because, you know, you have your CFP. And I think that's, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to pursue that designation. Yes, I could do the job without it, but I think it does add a level of credibility. It adds a little level of education. There's a higher set of standards that you have to meet. Mm -hmm. And with the CFP, it's not just passing the exam once. It is extensive continuing education. It is operating at higher standards Mm -hmm. than other advisors are even held to. And I think um, it's about only 25% of advisors have that. Yeah, not a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I think it also, I think it, you know, points to a commitment to this industry, right? Because it, it takes you, I mean, it took you, I remember when you were going through that and it was uh, not a fun time a to lot. be around you. It was a lot. <laughs> I was very stressed. Glad to be out the uh, other side. Right. But you know, another thing that I think um, a lot of advisors use the word holistic. Holistic is tossed around yes. every, Way too every much website you look right. at. They Our are holistic. holistic. Yeah. But the CFP really is holistic. It does focus on every, every aspect, yes, right. the tax, the estate planning. And while we're not tax professionals, there is a tax component to this that we need to be aware of and we need to be educated on. So most advisors that are not CFPs, they might not have any of that knowledge. Yeah. So something to just consider. Yeah. I've always likened it, you know, in a financial plan, you know, especially in retirement planning. Um, I'm talking about the, the, the planning part that comes, you know, for after you retire, like how, how, how are we going to replicate the company paycheck for the next 35 years? It's like a Rubik's cube, right? It is. And so when you talk about the holistic plan, you're talking about this Rubik's cube that, you know, you ever worked one of those things and you know, my, my son can solve it. I don't know if I ever told you that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Antonino, he can solve that thing. That's impressive. It's, it is he's, pretty, like, it's up, he's like borderline genius. So anyway, but anyway, uh, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can solve a financial plan, but I cannot solve a Rubik's cube, but it's like a Rubik's cube because if you start on once, you know, something that you do today could mess you up 20 years from today. Right. Exactly. So, so, so you're, so you could be doing something that's going to mess you up somewhere else down the road. So you have to be careful of that. And yes, you do have to take a holistic plan because you have to take all of those components into consideration and, in, in, in making this, you know, lifelong plan. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So what's the next one, Jeff? Well, I think, you know, I think a lot is made of this, but I think it's something that you should consider, right? And that's looking at the underlying costs of your investment. So your mutual funds or your ETFs, et cetera. So typically, um, the media harp on this a lot, right? I think they harp on it too much because there are some very good investments out there. There is always an underlying cost, I promise you, in your ETF or your mutual fund or whatever. I also promise you that when um, you're looking at returns, those returns are typically, you know, um, net of those of those internal fees. They're always net of those fees, right? So, you're given gross returns, uh, but you get you get the net returns after the fee. So that's so the fees that are quoted or the the returns that are quoted are always net of those internal costs of fees. But they can affect the performance of your investment. So if the fees are too high, 
then you're going to seriously underperform uh, the index. But, you know, the index is hard to beat anyway. But if you buy an index fund, for example, you are guaranteed to underperform that index. Why? Fees. Because of the fees, right? Because of the cost. You're going you're, you're gonna to guaranteed to underperform that index by however much that, that, that fee is within that index. So something to think about, something to be a consider of, you know, if you got like two or 3% fees within your mutual funds, you might want to you can probably find another fund that's, you know, and a little there's bit, lots of funds there's a there. lot of, there's a fund as a fund as a fund and they're everywhere. Um, and so finding one that's, that's a little bit lower cost, like, you know, 70 basis points or below, I think is reasonable. Uh, in that, but you get in the one, two, three percent range, you're, 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 in my opinion, anyway, um, you're kind of stretching that on the high end. You're on the high end, right? (laughs) So another one is letting advisors lead with the investment philosophy or investments in general. And I think this gets back to the holistic plan, Right. right? I think a lot of advisors are out there just selling only investments. And, you know, there are some people that really only care about investments. They don't care about the whole plan, but you need to find an advisor that is going to give you the entire plan. And there are many great investment strategies out there. And it, a lot of them depend on your situation. Yeah. I mean, how so, do you, how do you know what's right for you? I mean, how does an advisor know what's right for that client until they've had a chance to get to know that client, right? Exactly. So that's what you're saying. So, so make sure your advisor gets to know you a little bit before he starts pushing investments all over you. I mean, that's going to matter. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, what, another thing, some people choose firms over advisors and I think that's a mistake. So in other words, you know, Oh, I like Merrill Lynch. So I'm going to go to Merrill Lynch, right. And find me a Merrill Lynch advisor. Well, I promise you they're not all make made equal, right? There, there are, there's bad eggs in our industry in general and there's bad eggs, you know, probably most likely I'm not going to, I know the compliance people are going to listen to this. So I'm just going to say there could be a bad egg at a potential major firm, right? I've got a funny story about that. I want to hear to it. To break up just how exciting this podcast is. <laughs> so growing up, my grandfather had accounts at Merrill Lynch. So from a young age, he would always say, Mr. Merrill Lynch. Like I grew up thinking there was a man that my grandfather knew named name Merrill, Merrill Lynch. <laughs> and, you know, we we would go... Um, you know, do, they'd always take me on little activities and he'd say, I got to call it Mr. Merrill Lynch to get me some money so we can go to wherever. And it was just Mr. Merrill Lynch, Mr. Merrill Lynch. I don't even think he knew who the advisor was. I don't even, I think that they had sent him to some call center and he didn't even have an advisor that was working for him. But when I came up in the industry, I kind of started talking to him. I was like, you know, granddad, I can manage your your assets now. And he was so ingrained in Merrill Lynch. That's going to bring up our next mistake, by the way. Great. I can't wait to hear <laughs> But he was so ingrained in Merrill Lynch that the, and I was so new in the industry, the thought of like changing is, was very foreign to him. And he, he passed away shortly after that. And so then I moved his assets over and I really got a handle of like what they looked like and terrible investments for a 90 year old, terrible portfolio. Everything about it was terrible. I kick myself at not being more forceful for going in there and saying, you know what? I do this professionally. Like you got to get out of your comfort zone. Let me look at this. Because Merrill Lynch, the big firm, you know, right. what he was, he, he belonged to an advisor there. And I'm not saying anything negative about Merrill Lynch. I'm just saying that he didn't even know who his advisor was. He was just doing the name of the firm. Right. And so, you know, find an advisor that you have a relationship with that understands you, trust you, has your best interest at heart. Well, that's, 
you know, that's yeah. the most important. And thing. you know what? That's a great point. I'm going to, I'll say something else because most of these firms, these major wirehouses are publicly traded. And where is a public corporation's primary responsibility? Let me guess. Shareholder? The shareholder, right. It ain't the client. Um, so you have to be careful because they're looking at, because, and management knows this. And so management will, will kind of guide advisor behavior through various methods. I mean, I worked at a major wirehouse. I know exactly how they do it and what they do. We'll talk about it on this podcast, but they will guide behavior to increase the bottom line for the shareholder, because that is the ultimate number one responsibility of any public corporation. You have responsibility to the shareholder. So, you know, understand that if you go to a major wirehouse that you may or may not um, be the primary <laughs> uh, uh, priority there. So that so uh, interesting story about your grandfather, and I think you should have taken control of that at, le- at a minimum to give him a second opinion, yes. right? And that's all you know. Right. That was all I wanted was just yeah. to look at it, right? So I think another big mistake, and I, and for me this goes for advisors too. Hiring friends and family. You harp on this one all the time. All the time, right? I've made this mistake several times, right? And uh, and so I think you need to be careful because there there needs to be a line, right? you could have a bad year in the markets. It doesn't make, you know, I say this all the time too, but we are never as smart in a bull market and we are never as dumb in a bear market. Right. So there are times when the market is just bad. 2022 was a bad year for the stock market. Right. So sometimes it's hard to be at Thanksgiving dinner, right. With your friends and family when there's been a bad year in the market, it makes it awkward. And I think that you need to be able to keep, 100 percent objective advice with clients we do i i mean i'm i we, i don't want anyone paying for us and us being and not, not that we're biased or we do anything different for a family member but it, but sometimes you may look at that family member different oh i you know i grew up with this weirdo playing baseball yeah. or whatever you know and it's just now i know him so well that he i know what's better for him than he does you just you, you run the risk of looking at things i think in a way that you might not should. And uh, does that make sense? Not, not should? Might, might not should. <laughs> That's my old Memphis roots yeah, coming up. It really, really is really strong. Yeah. So, um, and likewise for the client to hire a friend and family. I mean, because you they will, they will come to you or or because they trust you, right? And, and I think that's great. But I think it, you also need to be wary of, you know, I just don't, there needs to be, a, a separation a between line of yes separation. yeah if that's gotten through i don't know i was kept, i feel like i've been a little muddled in my wording here yeah that was that was <laughs> it wasn't your best one but it's okay. okay i'll give you i'll give you one more and then we can we can maybe wrap it up that sounds good what do you got but so i think we had an experience with this recently with another client so that's why i want to talk about it but also blindly hiring someone with an insurance license oh yeah um, I feel that there are insurance licensed people out there that aren't necessarily advisors, but they somewhat hold themselves out to be. And because they have an insurance license, they can possibly sell some sort of annuity, some sort of investment type products, um, which can generate very large commissions. So their incentive is more to generate the commissions, get you in this product, product, kind of tie up a little bit, paint a pretty picture and then move on. And we actually had a client come to us recently that has money with us. And he was talking to an insurance person about something totally unrelated to his investments. 
And the guy said, Oh, by the way, how much money you got? And he said, Oh, I've got this over here being managed by Jeff and Lauren. And the guy said, Oh, well, I can, I can show you what something else you could do with that. So he gives him this proposal for an annuity. We end up most he, ridiculous thing I've ever seen. He sends me and he sends me the proposal. He said, Oh, I found this. Can you guys do that too? I look at it. And in these proposals, and this is why it's important to go with someone that's honest that you trust, you can paint the picture in a proposal any way you want it to. Yes. And so there can be a level of dishonesty in that, which was exactly the case in this situation. They had it where I think the guy put in $400,000, ended up after five years getting an annual payment of $300,000 per, per year for the rest of his life. And then when he died, he ended up with $4 million for his heir, heirs. That's so a great deal. 300000 a year for the rest of your life. <laughs> with all, four, all you got to do is put, four, put $400,000 into this? That was it. That was, that it. was all that had to happen. Wow. And so, you know, in these annuity proposals, there's the guaranteed section, which is basically the worst case scenario. You put the money in, nothing performs. Here's what's guaranteed and the non-guaranteed. And in that non-guaranteed, depending on all these Life different things, looks good in the non-guaranteed world. Real pretty. And <laughs> yeah. so I looked at that and I, I was about to say, you know what? Let me give this guy all my money. That looks great. The point is this guy saw that as here's an opportunity, 400,000 right. quick commission. He's not going to get this, but he'll probably get some kind of return over time. Who knows? But then he will be off. He's not a, he's not a financial advisor. He's not a CFP. He's right. not a planner. He's not worried about the rest of their life. Right. He's worried about that one ticket that he just put in and he's moving on. Right. So that's why it's important to work with someone that is holistic and looks at, you know, your whole picture because there is a place for annuities in some portfolios, but you have to be very specific about it. It has right. to be the right product, the right fit. The, uh, so yeah, many, a rate. I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of things that go into to that kind of deal. And, you know, thankfully that client listened to us and was, you know, realized, Oh, well maybe this isn't as rosy as it really looks like, no, it's just, it's not. It's not. So it, a great, great, uh, uh, great advice there, Lauren. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Jeff. Now I know not why I shouldn't hire you. Oh, burn, <laughs> burn. No, I'd always hire you. Well, thanks. And twice on Sunday. There you go. Patrice, that's all we got. I think that was great. Lots of great information, but you still left out the best part. How can How listeners reach you? Yes. Why don't you tell us that, Jeff? Well, you can go to our website at greenfinancialgrp.com or you can call us, 713-244-3030. And make sure to follow The Green Zone to make sure you know when a new episode is ready for you and share the information with friends and family. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and a registered principal for RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 1400 Post Oak Boulevard, Suite 150, Houston, Texas, 77056, and can be reached at 
844-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.